Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Spinnerfell. What's up, y'all? It's John the Rollins. Excuse me, sorry. Two Americans living in Sweden, talking about the motherfucking Super Bowl. Let's go, motherfucking Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Man, man, man. I am excited. I found a recipe for the hot honey. Nice. Uh, well, a, a, a take on it. Right. I get excited when I look up a recipe uh, on YouTube and the person has black hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, oh, she knows what she's talking about. But she, <laughs> she didn't put a vegetable on that motherfucker, man. I was like, damn, she just put chicken and bread? Come on, man. So when it's white hands, do you feel like, man? It depends on what I'm looking at. It is cultural appropriation. If it's if it's white hands and I'm looking for macaroni and cheese, then I skip to the next. You know, and you're like, like collard greens. Man, did this dude just did this? <laughs> man, did this dude just did this? <laughs> no, uh, or if it's a, a white woman and it's like okra or something like that, I'm like this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. No, no, but but if it's like pasta, right? Oh yeah, we we all the white hands necessary. Uh, If it's a potato salad, I'm sorry, man, I got to go with the black hands on that one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so certain things it depends on the hands. But then this hot honey, I didn't trust these black hands. Mm. She didn't. uh, I was like, what's the? I had a hot honey. She didn't do the. uh, Yeah, she was. It was missing ingredients. She didn't put a vegetable on that thing. She just was like. She just made the, the sweet uh, hot honey chicken, basically. So she didn't do the dill, the fried dill. Nope, pickles. she didn't do the fried pickle. That's what I was looking for. I wanted to see all of that stuff. So I'm gonna do my thing though. Make How? sliders. I found the slider bread and everything <clears throat> to make my sliders for the Super Bowl. My hot honey sliders. Nice. Um, I I'm still probably not going to stay awake to watch this game. Um. Just got too much going on. I can't sacrifice a Monday at the moment. Um, I took boo off of the uh, soundboard, and I regret it I right now because I was going to boo the shit out of you, man. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but you're going to see uh, it. You're going to watch. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're probably going to. Um, I think on Monday evening we'll probably gather the family in the living room, and at the very least watch the game in forty version. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, just sort of consume it that way. In the halftime um, show, exactly. Saga is pumped for the halftime show. I, I think bet. she kind of she forgot how much she liked Rihanna until they announced it, and she suddenly was like, "Wait a minute!" And 
Um, she she like kind of got back into Rihanna. A lot of people forgot about Rihanna because she hadn't done much in right. in a couple of years. But um, but yeah, Still she's kind of she's she's pretty pumped about that. Um, I'm a neutral on Rihanna. I'm like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Yeah. I, I I've never really listened to her that much. Apparently, but, she puts a good show on though. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I, I look forward to seeing it. It should be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, I'm a little, uh, more dressed up than usual today because today is my, uh, 24th wedding anniversary. Yeah, man. Congratulations. 24 years, man. Coming up on that silver. That's right. Uh, we, yeah, nearly half, no, sorry, quarter of a century. Uh, that's crazy. Right? Yeah, man. That's pretty crazy. Uh, and I'm, what am I, 10 years older than you? How old were you when you were a teenager when I got married? <laughs> Damn, what year did you get married? <laughs> I got married in 1999. I think I was 25. Oh, wow. 25, 26. I turned 17 that year. Uh, the, uh, the, the 24th anniversary is the Opal. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, man. It's the Opal anniversary, so, uh. Do nice. something. Get her some opal. <laughs> <laughs> Watch an episode of Oprah. <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry, baby. I heard it wrong. I heard it wrong. My bad. You right. Well, we're uh, after we do the pod today, she and I are going to go on a little 24-hour romantic getaway, which is what we normally do every year. We go to this hotel. It has a nice little spa. We kind of chill out and just kind of, you know. Eat some good food and nice, and celebrate our our love connection. Uh, good, that man. picture that you always see behind me—that's that's from the day we got married, actually. Oh, that's awesome. Um, she still looks the same. I I have evolved. Uh, <laughs> one of you has to. Jeez. Yeah, if one tell of us to, had to evolve, tell her to grow up. <laughs> She's so basic. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, 24 years later I look the same whatever <laughs> be mature yeah yeah thank god for that mm, yeah let's uh, we got a, we got a little bit of news to hit before we start diving into all the Super Bowl stuff what what'd you call it oh sorry not the Super Bowl stuff the um, cause Super Bowl again speaking of basic ooh, yeah exactly whatever <laughs> Before we dive into the splendidly sexy, salaciously slippery Super Bowl extravaganza, mm. is what I meant to say. Yes. Uh, first up, your guy, Brian Flores. Yes. Uh, hired hired as the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. I think this is a very, very smart hire. Yes. What say you? I think it's a smart hire. I think it's also smart of him to remove himself from the Arizona Cardinals debacle over there. Agreed. Um, like you, yeah. A, what they were? That's looking ahead. I think. Well, the the rumor is that uh, so there were three people up for the Arizona Cardinal job. Uh, Lou Anarumo. Okay, I don't know why I keep forgetting the other guy's name. Um, I think it was the offensive coordinator from somewhere. Uh, for some reason, I can't. I always forget his name. But Brian Flores. The rumor is that Flores knew he wasn't going to get the job, and so okay. he just took him. He took himself out of the running. Or I guess you could say that 
You know, I, I mean, the Cardinals probably has to be one of the least attractive jobs yes. out there at the moment, given the uncertainty with Kyler Murray and the new yep. GM. It's just a lot of it's an organization that doesn't really seem like it knows what it's doing. Yeah, it was um, that one and Denver that people worried about. <clears throat> right. And uh, but Denver, they took the they got the big fish. So, well, I think Denver did the smartest thing they possibly could have done, because if you took if you went for one of these like. I mean, you already made the mistake of getting the unproven yeah. coach. You needed someone whose resume is just is just flat out undisputed. Uh, you know, someone like Sean Payton, yeah. who – the other story, which I didn't even put on here, which is one of my favorite things that happened this week, was Sean Payton uh, announcing that Russell Wilson's personal – PR and like workout crew are now officially banned from the building. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> He's like, yeah, we're not, that's not happening. We're not doing it. It's sort of like when, remember when Belichick got rid of Tom Brady's like yeah. TB12 staff? He's like, yeah, these yeah. idiots, these idiots have to go. Sean Payton just did the same thing to Russell. He, Russell Wilson had like his own, his own like kind of quarterbacks coach, his own strength and tradition, like as if the team doesn't provide any of that stuff. Yeah. And then on top of that, he had his own PR uh, unit that would like follow him around and document everything. And Sean Payton was like, Mm-mm. that's the th- first thing that goes. You think when it was time to, to like leave and go somewhere that Russell Wilson said, PR team, let's ride. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. Let's ride. He's it's like, so man, cringy. This, is, this is really good, man. I'm going to say He's this got, all the time. Who would have thought that Russell Wilson would have such strong, like Michael Scott vibes. <laughs> You know what I mean? He's like Michael Scott from The Office, like just yes. every, just cringy <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, man. Damn. Um, and 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 landed Rihanna. I mean, not Rihanna, Ciara. Well, on, I have bro. some. I have a news story about them in a second, which is okay. fascinating. But first, let's let's get through the coach stuff. Forty ers hired Steve Wilkes as their defensive coordinator. Okay. Um, Wilkes got passed over for the head coaching job in Carolina, obviously. Right. Um, but given that the last two defensive coordinators out of San Francisco have gone on to be head coaches, despite the fact that they are also black, uh, I assume has shown Wilkes the wisdom of playing the long game, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> thinking, well, well, maybe this is how I get a head coaching job to become defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. Get another head coaching job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Got screwed out. Of um, that's true. That. Again, why would you go to Arizona? I don't think yeah. Arizona – that's another – I think Arizona – why do we keep going back to Arizona? But I think whoever takes the next head coaching job at Arizona is in danger of the same thing that happened to Steve Wilkes. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, maybe not so much a one-and-done kind of situation, but it's just not a stable environment. I think mm. going to the 49ers for Steve Wilkes is a very smart move. They have – I mean, he clearly – we saw it in in the last when he took over for um, Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Those play those Carolina Pan- he got those Panthers to play hard for him. Yeah, like they really and they they were on record saying that they wanted Steve Wilkes to become the permanent head coach. Um, this guy knows how to treat his players. He knows how to get them to play hard. And now he's going to the 49ers who have a defensive personnel, unlike you know very much at the top tier. Yeah. Uh, of the entire league, so this is I, this is a very smart move by him. 
Uh-huh. And Shanahan mm-hmm. is also playing a long game because oh these dudes God. keep getting hired and he keeps <clears throat> getting compensatory draft picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty dope <clears throat> for him. I keep, I told Isak yesterday, I keep waiting for the article to pop up one day that says, have we been overrating Kyle Shanahan all these years? <laughs> <laughs> I know you I keep waiting. I keep waiting for it to pop up. Because you know it will. It'll happen eventually. Uh, so s- someday my take will be right. He's going to be uh, the Sean McVay, man. He's the next Sean McVay where his staff's just going to keep getting poached. Right. Um, yes, Russell Wilson appears to be in a little bit of hot water. Oh. Uh, I read this yesterday. An, a new USA Today article claims that Danger Russ, a.k.a. Mr. Unlimited, May not be an NFL MVP, but he is apparently the MVP of scamming people out of his charity. Ooh. Um, this is, let's see, what did I do with that story? Charity money, let's ride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so according to this story, uh, his, you remember, we, we talked about this last offseason because he he had come out with like he and Sierra had came out with some kind of a children's book or whatever, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and they they have this charity called Why Not the Why Not You Foundation. Uh, apparently, they have been accused of only donating approximately forty percent of their earnings to charity, with the rest uh, going to fundraising and employee salaries. Um, the rest going to fundraising for the <clears throat> charity. Mm. So they Correct. take money from the charity to raise money for the charity. Yeah, and and a lot of it goes to So like if they're uh, doing a car wash, then they they take some of the money from the charity yeah, to fund yeah. putting on the car wash. Okay. It says here in total, uh the foundation received seven point five million dollars in revenue through twenty twenty one, but only report two point eight million being passed on to any charitable activities. In the expenses of the foundation includes a six-figure salary for a personal friend of Russell and Sierra Wilson, who is an employee of the foundation. Okay. Um, it's not a it's not a nonprofit, right? Uh, if it's a charity, I would assume yeah, it is. Is it okay? Um, I thought that was different. so. It all. It, they also dig a little deeper, and they realize that the website for why, the Why Not You Foundation does not list any employees or a CEO, but it does show its board of directors, and it is apparently a veritable who's who of nepotism. Not a single member of the charity board has a nonprofit background, oh. but rather they all share personal connections to Russ and Sierra. Um, so they have a bit of bit of a and this is i mean we're talking about a guy who won like the walter payton man of the year award you know what i mean this is not a good look Uh, and this is a i mean this is a pretty broad means well too that's the crazy part he probably means well he's trying to look out for his friends he's trying to do something good for the community but this ain't how you do it and this is not like some like you know goofy internet sleuth who paid for his blue check mark i mean he got popped by usa today these kind of stories uh they're not necessarily known for their for their hardcore investigative reporting. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. Um, it wasn't by USA <laughs> to this day. USA to this day. To this day. 
speaking of in trouble, we got Michael Irvin. Shout um, out to Michael Irvin, my guy. Michael Michael Irvin, who was accused of sexual harassment after a drunken pre-Super Bowl night out, yeah. has now flipped the table and sued the accuser as mm. well as the Marriott hotel chain because I'm Get assuming – she Get was a, a hotel employee suing them for a hundred million dollars, claiming alleged false accusations of misconduct. It, you know, I didn't quite know what to make of this story when it first came out because a Michael Irvin is claiming that he was, you know, drunk, and he also the way he worded it was like, well, we had a mostly. <laughs> we had a mostly non-physical interaction. I was like, I'm sorry, what does that mean yeah, exactly? Sixty percent. I'm, I'm like Russell's foundation. All right, I was uh, is, it, uh, of, of is that like? Are we talking? Is that code for I just gave her the tip, or like what are we talking about here? <laughs> He's like, well, I, I was commenting on the booty, and she didn't understand what I was saying. So I just <laughs> finally to get my point across, I touched the booty part that I like. <laughs> Is there anything wrong with that? I was drunk. Um, to his credit, uh, he does have a fair amount. I mean, this 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 incident apparently happened in the hotel lobby, mm-hmm. um, and he does have a fair amount of witnesses who are who are willing to back up his story. I wanted him um, to say. I want him to say corroborate <laughs> on, on camera. Corroborate. Did <laughs> this? I got five. I got this five people there. That will corroborate. <laughs> he's so funny. Oh, yeah, man. I, I I got a feeling mm-hmm. that he's gonna be cleared. His name's gonna be cleared. I don't know, man. I do too, actually. I um, feel like he might be. A, I can see him being a target. I can see him being a loudmouth drunk, and then them them getting annoyed by him or something, and being like, you know what? Let's get in this dude's pockets. I can see that, but I can also see, as my friends uh, told me in the past. You can't put sexual harassment accusations past any man. True. So um, I'm a jury's out on this side. I just I'm I'm a Michael Irvin fan, and I'm entertained by that man. I agree. All of the elements for this story to be true are currently present. Obviously, you know the drunkenness, the night out, the level of entitlement, him being a celebrity, they're partying at the you know. So I'm not surprised if this happened, but the way that he is kind of pushing back yeah kind of has me believing that this this might be because you know there's probably security camera footage too i think yeah. his lawyer put out a statement saying you know why would you say that if you knew it was going to prove you wrong you know what i mean like yeah so i don't know we'll see again you're right uh you know people famous people do some crazy shit uh they don't function in a world of logic like the rest of us um which provides us with a perfect transition to Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> what was the doing? final news story? This is, I mean, this is fantastic. Okay, Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> claims uh, he again, of course. Where else does he leak news other than the Pat McAfee show? Um, when asked if he was going to continue playing or if he was going to switch teams or what he was go back to the Packers or whatever he was going to do. Well, the first thing that he said, which immediately had me cracking up, which nobody's really talking about, is he said, well, currently I'm I am in the art of contemplation, which I was like, <laughs> I was like what? I was like, 
I was like, I'm sorry, but when did thinking become an art form? <laughs> I, I guess thinking, I, I don't know. For me, I guess it is in a, in a way because I'm a writer, but, but it's just such a weird, goofy, pretentious thing to say. It's so yeah. on brand for Aaron Rodgers. And then he went on to say that, so last year we learned about the ayahuasca retreat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember that? Or no, yeah. we also learned about his weird Panchakarma cleanse where he like, yeah. where he just like throws up and shits for seven days. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Uh, well, this year, apparently he is going on a darkness isolation retreat that he claims will get him closer to the final, final decision. He said he's going to spend four days and nights in total darkness and isolation on his retreat, which can lead to hallucinations. Uh, And this process will give him, quote, an opportunity to do a little self-reflection in some isolation. And after that, I feel like I'll be a lot closer to the final decision. He, He went on to describe this this process a little more in depth where it's, you know, it's not like you're locked in necessarily. You can leave if you want, but it's you're in you're in a house. It's in total darkness. There are people there who bring you food. There's a bathroom and all that kind of stuff. But you're supposed to sit there in the dark with your thoughts. Um, and um, yeah, are, are we in? Or are we out on this? How how do you feel about the darkness <laughs> isolation retreat? I think this dude he should he should do a silence. A silence treat, treat, uh, whatever we call it. Silent retreat, yeah, yeah. Do a silent retreat in media, like a media silent isolation Mm. thing, where we don't have to hear about this shit. Just go do it and talk about it afterwards. Right. He's he. You know, a lot of people, of course, Aaron Rodgers has, you know, in the last couple of years, has shown us a little more of his real self. Mm. Uh, This is totally on brand with him. A lot of people are kind of dunking on him for this and making fun of him. I personally, my opinion on this is like, is more into the category of just you do you bro. Like, you know, we got to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. it, it, It's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm all here for it. It it only reaffirms my desire for him to go play for the New York jets. I've, I've made it very clear that, the idea of Rogers and his personality and the New York media leading to a scenario where you have like just peak total chaos. I'm, (laughs) I'm is all, I don't care how good they are. I don't care how bad they are. I just want, I want them to suck. I, that would be more fun. It would be more chaotic if they sucked. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, Every other religion has a bunch of weird ass fucking stupid traditions that they but he's follow. Not, but he's not subscribing to a religion though. This is different. True. This isn't saying like I'm a Buddhist or some shit like that. This is saying I'm gonna try to do something weirder than the last thing I told you I couldn't shut up about. Right. So it's gonna ugh. he's annoying <laughs> the shit out. He was what he was like my favorite quarterback for a while. Or like I would be like, you know, I'll, this is one of my t- favorite quarterbacks. Has he? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just every week being on the Pat McAfee show and probably feeling like every week he has to say something. It's like, you know, it went very quickly from quirky and entertaining to like, oh, my God, I'm so sick of this guy. I I don't think he realizes how uh, he's he's. Yeah, he's just like how long before you're doing Aaron Rodgers? You know what I'm saying? Mm. 
How long does it last until you're, you know, making a caricature of yourself for the mm. audience? Well, I think the moment that he that he walks into a little house to sit in darkness for four days. I mean, that's like it doesn't get much more meta than that. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's literally collapsing in on himself in total darkness. I love it. Um, yeah. No drugs so, involved. He didn't say that he's gonna like take shrooms or anything. Or any he said that the he did not refer to that. He did say that you know these this total darkness thing is can lead to hallucinations, um, which I guess you know a lot of people are making fun of him, saying it's a, it sounds a lot like prison, like when you get put in right. a hole. Yeah. Basically, it's like why don't you just um, go do a crime and then act up in prison? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 volu- voluntarily putting himself in the hole. Uh, which some people are kind of making fun of. How, how long? Um, how long before he tattoos his eye? <laughs> That's a good question. We should do an over under on that. Well, well, you know, we'll just we'll broaden it out and just say face tattoo. How long until oh, yeah. he gets a face tattoo? Yeah, you the face I mean? of before the eye. Yeah, he could get a he could get a tear. You know. Yeah. Crying. I saw, crying I saw that lady. You heard about that lady that got the eye tattoo? And then went blind. Oh no, that's terrible. And uh, I heard about it, and it freaked me out. Like I was like looking at my phone. It was like on Instagram, and Bash was sitting next to me, and he was like, "What?" I was like, "Man, this lady got her eye tattoo." He's like, "What?" And then he was like, "He's been concerned about her (laughs) ever since." (laughs) He like checks in on this lady. Like, what happened? And her her vision came back. He was like, what happened? Oh, my gosh, that's such a bad idea. <laughs> I was like, yes. Remember oh, that, thank, son. Oh, thank God. That's crazy. <laughs> Bash was like, man, did this dude just did this? <laughs> Dumb as hell. Um, all right. Let's move on to the NFL honors, which took place last night. Um, yes. We have, you have not seen who won. No. The other thing that you probably don't remember is that I have the list of our preseason predictions. <laughs> Should we go the... through that first? <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe we could go through them simultaneously. Ooh, like I can I tell like you it. who won, yeah. and then I yeah. can tell you who we thought was going to win. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> let's do them. Uh, let's do them back to front, like we did yeah. last week. Let's see. Uh, coach of the year. Uh, the AP coach of the year is uh, Giants coach Brian Dayball. Mm. Nice. Brian Dayball. Oh, I'd no, say that. We should do a, um... <laughs> I'd say he's a worthy winner. Yes. I said that last week. Mm-hmm. Congrats to him. Who do we predict? I think I said McDermott, right? You and I both picked the same person, actually. We Brian picked. Brian Dayball. Mr. Each and Everyone in the Building. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> exactly. All right. What's the next one? Well, shout Let's out to see. Comeback Player of the Year award. No surprise here. Uh, went to Mister. I ain't gonna write back. Geno Smith. Nice. Congrats to Geno Smith, man. Uh, did he have anything to say about it? I didn't see the. I'm they sure wrote me off. Were, I ain't right back though. I'm sure there were speeches, but I didn't. I didn't see them. Okay. Uh, who do we? Who do we predict? Uh, you predict 
Jameis Winston. (laughs) 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 And I predicted Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, interesting one. Well, because he got injured, the broken like, foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Towards the end of the year, and I just thought it was a. Fairly I was good high chance. on the Saints before the season started. Little did I know the entire division was going to be ass. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's a lot of bad football from what I watch. Indeed. Uh, let's see. One? Next up, we got defensive rookie of the year went to Jets cornerback Sauce Gardner. Wow, he was balling, man. That was no surprise. But who do we pick before the years? <laughs> uh, you picked uh, Mr. Uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex Arms, Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> he, was, he was nominated. He was. My guy was not nominated, but he was. My man, former Bulldog, Trayvon Walker. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> I like the grapefruit and the ants. I would tell you, that was good. that's really good (laughs) uh next up we have offensive rookie of the year another jet wide receiver garrett wilson man the draft we said that draft was was strong Mm -hmm. yep and uh for offensive rookie of the year i picked uh falcons uh drake london and you and you picked my yes. man former bulldog george Pickens. <laughs> i appreciate that <laughs> the grapefruit and the and might be my most favorite thing right now uh let's see what's next <laughs> oh yeah um <laughs> where is he Defensive player of the year. Okay. I think we picked the same on this. Defensive player of the year is 49ers defensive end, Mr. Nicholas Bosa. Yeah. No surprise there. Yep. You and I both picked Micah Parsons. <laughs> yep. A double. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. What do we got next? We got offensive player of the year. Is uh, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson? Good. For offensive player of the year, you picked Devonte Adams, <laughs> and I picked Justin Motherfucking Jefferson. Oh wow! Let's go. Someone's <laughs> nice. got his finger. Got my finger on the pulse. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like one for six. <laughs> you really know this league. Uh-huh, you know. You know. Skip Stradamus nah, is, is, is over here crushing it. Uh, what else? Oh, now we're on to MVP. Um, most valuable player of the 2022 NFL season. Let's go. No surprise. It is Patrick motherfucking Mahomes. Well deserved. Hmm. I think I said Justin Herbert, huh? You did say Justin Herbert. <laughs> I said Lamar Jackson. You said Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Lamar Justin Herbert, I had to do a... a... What's wrong with you? <laughs> but for you, Lamar, Lamar Jackson. So I didn't realize this, but there there are several other awards 
that yeah. are part of this evening that I, I was not familiar. Well, there's the, okay. So the one that I think we should add to our list every year, even though this is probably very difficult to predict, uh, the Walter Payton man of the year award. We don't usually oh, predict wow. that one. Yeah. Uh, that one went to Dak Prescott. Nice. Um, let's see. They, Oh, this I actually like. They renamed the, um, this year, uh, they decided to rename the rushing title award. Um, I think Brown? they just, they call it, they now call it the Jim Brown award. Nice. Um, which I love. I think that's freaking fantastic. Uh, that went to Josh Jacobs. I think we should predict, predict that one too. That's a good one. That's better than Walter Payton. Yeah, Walter Payton's too hard, right? Because I have to right? see what people do on the Yeah, like, exactly. Don't really know. There's some other ones that uh, I, the Sack Leader Award went to Nick Bosa. Deacon Jones Sack Leader Award. I like that. I like that, yeah. Um, we should do that one next year. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else? NFL Fan of the Year. No, you can't do that. The Bud Light Selly of the Year Award. That's a weird. Mm. I didn't even know that existed. It went to the Bengals for something they did in week 18. Uh, the FedEx Air and Ground Players of the Year. Yeah. What the they f- do that of the week. And I That's guess so weird. That's they picked Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. Um, Air what and the Ground? F- what? They picked two quarterbacks? Oh, I, I did I say Josh Allen? I meant to say Josh Jacobs. Okay. You got Josh uh, Allen on the brain, man? Uh, yeah, I don't know why, because he didn't win anything. Um, <laughs> you the real MVP. This is a weird head, – the head and shoulders never not working protection play of the year. Oh, for offensive lineman. No, it went to George Kittle. For what? I don't know. Because he blocks? That's <clears> stupid. <throat> they just – it's all sponsorship, man. Head and shoulders. Um, Oh, shout out to D'Amico Ryans. He actually won the Assistant Coach of the Year Award. Oh, yeah, we did say that. Okay, that could be one we could predict. Yeah. Congrats. I felt like there was one more on here that I thought would be fun, but maybe not. Uh, The Dating uh, uh, a Gay uh, Influencer (laughs) Award. Most likely Dating a Gay Influencer Award goes to... Uh, oh, the other thing that was announced last night were the were the uh, people who made it into the uh, Hall of Fame. You got right. Rondé Bar- Rondé Barber. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, keep, no, 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 keep going. One more boy. Darrell, Darrell Rivas. Uh, no, shout out to him. Okay, okay. Joe Thomas. Okay, good job, Joe Thomas. Offensive tackle last year. Okay. Zach mm-hmm. Thomas. Zach there Thomas. we go. That's who we talk about. Congratulations, uh, man. You know what? I'm the gladdest of him getting in because every year. Dolphins fans on Twitter complain mm. that Zach Thomas was snubbed. Mm. And I'm so glad I don't have to hear that shit anymore. I'll be glad when another team gets a, a undefeated so I don't have to hear from the 72 Dolphins people anymore. Mm. Mm. It's just, I wish they would just shut up. Mm. <laughs> That's my thing yeah. in, in life. I just wish they would shut up, people. <laughs> mm. Why can't people shut up? Uh, Demarcus Ware also got in, and then a bunch of oh. people I've never heard of. Don Coriel. He, was oh, he had the co- Soul Train, right? The guy from Soul Train. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Did, didn't he play Don for the Cornel- Packers? Don Cornelius. 
Played for the Packers, right, Don Cornelius? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that our running joke when we don't know where somebody played? Like, yeah, <laughs> oh, he played for the Packers. He easily played for the Packers. For the Bears. Um, we also, okay, we we predicted, the other thing we predicted was how the how the seeding was going to end. Ooh. Plus who was going to make it to the Super Bowl. Right. Um, so. Shout out to the Rams. Neither. Well, <laughs> you, you actually. Um, I had the Chiefs. I got a well, Super Bowl MVP. I, I think I even said Mahomes Super Bowl MVP against the Rams, right? Okay. So I won't go through all the division winners and all that kind of stuff because it will take too long. And we got most of it wrong. Um, but I will say that as far as the Super Bowl matchup and the winner is concerned, I picked the Bills versus the Eagles, and I thought Josh Allen was going to be the Super Bowl MVP. You, on the other hand, picked the Eagles versus the Chiefs and picked uh-uh. Patrick Mahomes to what? be the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> I forgot about that. Look at me. So how Look, about that? Talk about finger on the pulse, huh? You literally predicted the Super Bowl. Man, why don't we bet this stuff? Because <laughs> we, lose, <laughs> we lose everything else. <laughs> We would lose all the other shit we bet. Okay, look at me, man. I know I was strong on the Eagles. I forgot that I picked them to go. Okay. So, yeah. So, we both, I guess we both more or less just got one thing right. Yeah. But you also picked the Eagles. You also picked the Eagles to go to Super Bowl. That's true. But you might have two things. I mean, if you you predict, I mean, you've already predicted that the Eagles are going to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That's already Mm -hmm. a fucking ding. But if Mahomes wins the MVP, it's like, bro. That's that's way cooler than me yeah. pick, picking who won Offensive Player of the Year. That's yeah. that's like respect. You know Damn, what I'm saying? Ask me the lottery numbers. Exactly. Go buy you a lottery ticket, son. <laughs> um, also, last night, Bill's um, DeMar Hamlin was named the 2023 NFLPA Allen Page Community Award winner. Oh man, the, the uh, coveted the coveted Allen Page Community Award winner. Yes, the award is given annually to a player who goes above and beyond to perform community service in his team, city, and or hometown. Um, I heard that uh, that his foundation is run by Russell and Sierra Wilson. Oh, that's so, uh, yeah. He might want to. <laughs> he might want to check on that. Check, check on that, man. We'll see how many people uh, are have a background in. Uh, and non and uh, what do you, what do you call it non non profits? Yeah, well now he, my, Demar Hamlin might finally know the answer to like, man, why am I getting all these phone calls with a Denver area code? <laughs> <laughs> like his money's blowing up. He wakes up from his coma, and all of a sudden Russell Wilson's calling him every day. Uh, <laughs> Your foundation money, let's ride. <laughs> the um, the other finalists for the award, such as New England Patriots cornerback Jonathan Jones, Washington Commanders offensive tackle Charles Leno Jr., uh, Raiders tight end Darren Waller, and Buccaneers linebacker Devin White, went into the night knowing that they were not going to win this award because yeah. they did not nearly die on the football field. <laughs> um, if that's what they mean by going above and beyond, that's like yeah. – I, I love that. He I went mean, to the beyond for a little bit. I, I really, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that Demar Hamlin is getting all this shine, but I can't stop thinking about the fact that he basically nearly had to die yeah. to get all of this attention. It's like a little disturbing to me. I think. Yeah, it is a little bit. Um, They're just trying to distract from the part that it's a very dangerous sport. 
<laughs> exactly. Look at there. It's like the the ultimate. Look at the monkey. Like, nope. Look over here. Distraction. Yep. Distraction. Distraction. <laughs> That'll be the last time that I address it. Yeah, I highly doubt that. Um, speaking of things that should be addressed, uh, <laughs> oh, let's go, Sergeant Segway. Uh, Roger Goodell spent a, a large part of his his Super Bowl state of the league press conference the other day defending uh, the officiating in the NFL, <laughs> um, saying you know it's better than ever. Is it? Do we He's get right. some things? He is right. Um, I think he, you know, he says what he has to say. Um, He's better than, I mean, it's better than ever, but we're, as fans, worse than ever. And we also have more information than ever. There's a fair point. Uh, those are all <laughs> things that he probably can't say in yeah. front of a microphone. Um, They're well, just not going to want that. The downside to this uh, is that for the 2023 Super Bowl, uh, head referee Carl Bog- Jerome Bo- Boger. <laughs> oh no, it's not him. It's worse actually. Carl, really? Sh- it's either Sheffers or Sheffers. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Uh-huh. Will lead the officiating crew. The good news is that he's very experienced, but the bad news is that he has a bit of an itchy trigger finger when it comes to throwing flags. Um, mm. he he's been officiating for 23 years. Um. And according to this article, he's most famously known for leading the staff who threw eight first half penalty flags against the Chiefs in 2021, which set a Super Bowl record of 95 penalty yards and six first downs via penalties. Uh, the Chiefs, that was the game the Chiefs lost to the Buccaneers. Um, mm, I wonder if there were any deflated balls in that game. He's also quite famous for. Um, <clears throat> 13 penalties being called in Super Bowl 51 between the Patriots and the uh, Falcons. Um, hmm. As far as this season is concerned, the 17-game season, Sheffers... Wait, Sheffer's wait, 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 wait. Cr- so this dude was involved in two games with, with Tom Brady. Wins. Just saying. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's all scripted. 17-game uh, <laughs> season... Jeffers crew this year called 214 penalties for 1,869 yards, according to NFLpenalties.com uh, and ProFootballReference.com, which av- said the average is around 14 per game. Um, he he ranks number one amongst all referees in the 2022 season in in calling penalties. Um, oh wow. He calls a lot of these unnecessary roughness calls. Apparently, he, he leads the league in that too. Um, of all penalties, too. Hmm. So, hopefully, he does not ruin the game. Yeah. But I'm just I'm throwing it out there as a warning sign. To never say never, but that. never. Hmm. Um. Yeah. yeah. So, talk about splendidly sexy and salaciously slippery this year's super bowl halftime performer will be none other than rihanna miss rihanna if you're nasty thoughts do you like her are you a fan or you uh i like her excited I like her. are you looking forward to it i'm looking forward to see what she does with it i'm, I'm sure she's gonna have some collaborations we don't know about they're gonna pop out mm-hmm. um where's it at this year arizona 
So maybe uh, somebody from a local artist will come out, get a, I don't know, who knows. But it's going to be. Isn't, isn't Arizona where they had the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson fiasco? I don't know. I think it might have been. But, I mean, she's going to be racy. But times have changed since then, too. So who knows? <sighs> maybe she'll just come out topless and be like, let's get this over with. <laughs> she's known to voice see-through stuff she That's don't true. mind us knowing what her titties look like so who knows um, there's been some great ones over the years uh, some of my favorites Bruno Mars uh, yeah that was good Prince. Beyonce yeah, and then Beyonce and Bruno Mars basically making Coldplay irrelevant it was like what <laughs> why is Coldplay even here yeah. uh you had them what do you need Coldplay for yeah uh MJ of course um U2 playing that very emotional Super Bowl the one mm, just after 9-11 um I still can't watch that one without tearing up a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mm. What's what's your favorite all time Super Bowl halftime show? Prince. Prince. Yeah, he starts singing "Purple Rain" and it starts raining. <clears throat> I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Why do you seem disappointed? I'm not disappointed. I'm actually oh. excited because you provided me the perfect segue to tell you a, a story about the Prince Super Bowl halftime show that many people are most certainly not aware of is oh i know i know it's the uh the government used their weather control system and created the rain that we to make it a more mystifying performance right well that's part of it that's sort of the story behind the story <laughs> um but the the story that i want to tell is actually a little more about it's about basically an unsung hero right okay. so again they knew it was going to rain which mm. indicates that they had planned it all along. Uh, <laughs> and But the crew on the ground were basically kind of freaking out. And, and you know, the, the, the stage itself had a lot of moving parts. And obviously there's a lot of cables and light shows and all that kind mm. of stuff. Uh, and apparently someone, one of the producers for the Super Bowl halftime show, suggested to Prince that maybe he should just lip sync to a recorded like a lip sync recorded performance would be safer. Do they know uh, Prince? <laughs> to which uh, Prince responded by saying, and I quote, uh, I'm Prince. I'm going to play live. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. To which he followed up by saying, my name is Prince and I am funky. <laughs> 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 
Wow. No, he didn't. He didn't oh, say I was like, I what the fuck? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> like he ends every statement with <laughs> that's his sign off. Yeah. Don't mind him. So, that's his sign off. Despite the terrible weather, the halftime show went ahead as planned. Um and the volunteers began rolling the pieces of the stage around uh in place onto the field when suddenly something went wrong. Okay. So what happened is that the stage, uh, one of the wheels of the stage had, had cut and severed one of the, one of the cords that held the whole light show together. Oh shit. Okay. So apparently, and this is a quote from the producer. He said, there was a man on our lighting crew. His name was Tony Ward and Tony realizing we were now counting down to going on air, took his pliers stripped the insulation from no. the three cables that had been severed and he inserted them into a plug just raw and he held it together for the entire 12 and a half minute halftime show in the rain just oh. to keep the lights working knowing that he could be like yeah elect- electrocuted if it if things did not go well um so this oh. man, Tony Ward, essentially put his life on that. Talk about going the extra mile. Put his life on the line to secure what is one of the most iconic Super Bowl performance in the history of, of the Super Bowl. Prince wow. playing Purple Rain in the rain. Brought to you by Tony Ward, the nameless electrician who was just holding cables together. Damn. How cool is that? And nepotism. He was uh, cousins with... Heinz Ward. Exactly, so of would. course. <laughs> hey, Tony! Hey! You know, he's probably a he's a lighting guy. He's probably a teamster, bro. He's like... <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, the union's got my back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is a cool story. That's a pretty cool story. Uh, I've been sitting on that story for over a year. I wanted to tell it last year, but I, I felt like I didn't have time. Hmm. Uh, anyway... Uh, on to the preview, uh, chiefs have, uh, activated Clyde Edwards, Alaire. haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Um, but they put, unfortunately they put my man, yeah. former bulldog, Miko Hardman on injured reserve. Har- Hardman is out with an aggravated <laughs> pelvis injury. Um, yeah. but Clyde Edwards, Alaire is back in. We haven't seen him. He's been on IR. Yeah. He he's, I think he, it says here he missed the last nine games of the season with an ankle injury. Um, you know, of course they've been on ankle watch all week at NFL media. I, I don't know what to say. It's like, I, I, I think Mahomes is going to, the way they, the only thing that makes a lot of sense to me is that they say that when they ask the Eagles about it, they say, look, we're preparing for Patrick Mahomes to be Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Um, period. Like, (laughs) you know, the guys clearly will, the best quarterback in the league. Um, each each individual, each individual yeah. coach, each. In- yeah. <laughs> You're going to need all of them for sure. Yeah. Um, most of those receivers who were injured uh, in the AFC championship game appear ready to go. Uh, okay. It looks like Juju is going to play. It looks like Kadarius Tony is going to play. Oh, good. Uh, I think uh, their secondary is also good to go. Ladarius Sneed, who went out with a concussion, I think he's cleared protocol. So, I mean, the Chiefs, I would say, are probably 
on the lesser side of being a hundred percent than the Eagles. Um, the Eagles yeah. have a few injuries to deal with. I think one of their offensive, one of their top offensive linemen is dealing with a hamstring or a groin injury or something, but the Eagles appear to be the healthier team. Uh, but I don't know. You, you can't, you, uh, again, you can never rule out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you can never rule out that fucking Russian novel of a playbook that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are flipping through over there. Exactly. Um, Interesting um, tidbits about these two teams. This is fucking crazy. You've probably seen it. It's been all over social media. Not only are both teams 16-3 and this season, including Mm -hmm. the playoffs, but both teams have also scored the exact same amount of points this year. Wow. Both teams have scored 546 points. Through the playoffs, too? Yep. Both teams have six all-pro players. Um, and both teams obviously finished the regular season as the number one team in their respective conferences. I mean, that shit is kind of yeah. crazy. I don't know if I've ever heard of that happening before. I, I don't remember. Especially the like exact that. same amount of points. Like, how? Uh, I mean, what are the chances? Yeah. I mean, you throw in the fact that both teams also have black quarterbacks. Both teams have a have a Kelsey. Yep. Um, so, because there are so many similarities, I figured – for some, it might take a slightly deeper understanding of these two teams in an effort for the neutral fan to decide just who they should be rooting for come come Sunday. Um, so I have cobbled together a little sort of brief history and kind of a, a, a little understanding of how these two teams were built um, that I think you will find interesting. And I'm kind of curious what your reactions are, Mr. Rollins. All right. So we can start with the Eagles, a little bit of history. Uh, We've talked about them before historically on this, on this podcast. For those of you who have stuck around for a long time, Uh, the Eagles came into existence in 1933. Um, Old ass team. Um, (laughs) It was a group led by Burt Bell and Lud Ray who purchased the bankrupt franchise known as the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets for $2,500. A lot of money in 33. Well, considering that the Walmart group recently purchased the Denver Broncos (laughs) for somewhere in the neighborhood of $4.65 billion, almost exactly 90 years ago, right? Damn. Uh, I'd say that was not a bad deal. Think about it. That's four point six five billion mm-hmm. minus two thousand five hundred dollars. <laughs> that, that equals four point six four nine billion divided by ninety years, which comes to an annual inflation rate of fifty one point six six million U.S. dollars. So the value of that franchise has has increased dramatically every year. Can you imagine? That was a pretty um, good. Investment. I looked it up here, and it says in nineteen thirty three. $2,500 is today $4.6 <laughs> Wow, that was, you really looked that up fast. That was good. It's $4.6 billion. That's crazy. That's on the, it's on the internet. It has to be true. Yeah. Um, this has been mentioned on the pod many times before, but it's one of my all-time favorite history nuggets that in 1943, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Steelers combined for one season due to the manpower shortage created by World War II. 
Yeah. And for that one year, the team would be known as the Phil Pitt Steagles. <laughs> Worst name in football history. Easily. They just, they literally just could not decide. Like, I bet it was just like an argument. Like, no, we're naming the team this. No, we're naming the team. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. We're just naming we're the Steagles. <laughs> you know, how, how long was the argument when they were trying to decide if it's going to be Phil Pitt or Pitt Phil? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who's coming first? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was Walt, and they also co-coached. Wow. Walt Kiesling of the Steelers, and get this, Greasy Neal of the Eagles were co-coaches, and the team finished 5-4-1. and one. Greasy Neal. I mean, what a fucking name. Good old Greasy Neal. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Eagles had many ups and downs throughout the years with some good years and some seriously dark days as well. Um, in that 90 year history, the team has only won its conference five times in total. Uh, they also have four league championships, three of which were pre Super Bowl era, 1948, 49, 1960. And their one and only Super Bowl came just a few years ago in 2017. Um, they had a long list of amazing quarterbacks throughout the years. Names like Donovan McNabb, Randall Cunningham, uh Ron Jaworski Nick Foles <laughs> Ron Jaworski was the first yes. Eagles quarterback I remember from my childhood I remember Ron Jaworski and then of course Jaws. you got Car- Carson Wentz and then of course Nick Foles who ultimately stole the Lombardi trophy trophy from Carson Wentz mm-hmm. um I'll finish with a fun fact about the Eagles who are so notoriously known for their unruly behavior mm-hmm. that they once decided to build not only a jail in the bottom of their former stadium, their veteran stadium, but they also built a courtroom. (laughs) Just justice on the spot, huh? Yes. The idea came about in 1997 when an Eagles fan who was so pissed off that his team was losing to the 49ers began firing off rounds from a flare gun in the direction of a section filled with 49ers fans. What is he, Swedish? Exactly. That sounds like some you uh, <laughs> Gordon versus Ikoa shit. Yeah. Uh, the Honorable Judge Seamus Patrick McCaffrey, no relation to Christian McCaffrey, of course, um, <laughs> was retained on Sundays to preside over this shit show that was referred to as Eagles Court. Wow. Well, that's good, man. I like that. Because they probably get a fine or something and then probably go, all right, you get back out there by the third quarter. <laughs> This is like a reality show waiting to happen. Eagles yes. court. I love it. Uh, besides the flare gun incident, Eagles fans have been known to throw batteries, coins. Yeah. They threw batteries uh, at the draft. Yeah. Uh, and in 1968, they famously booed and threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Yeah. During a Christmas theme halftime show. Crazy. Yeah. Um, side note on the honorable judge Seamus Patrick McCaffrey. Now this you're only going to hear on Sven FL. This is where we go. The deep dive, uh, judge Seamus Patrick McCaffrey, uh, would later Seamus. Seamus. Yeah. Yeah. He would later get himself elected to the Pennsylvania superior court, but was forced, forced to resign in 2014 after an investigation found that he had sent and or received 234 pornographic emails between the years of 2008 and 2012. <laughs> uh, so he himself could have wound up in Eagles court. Yeah, man. <clears throat> wow. Interesting, right? Yes. Um, as far as how the Eagles were built, 
Um, this is where it gets pretty fascinating, actually. And I think everything you need to know about how GM Howie Roseman, um, it, like everything you really need to know about him, you could see from this this one simple fan interaction this season uh, when the Eagles were playing the Texans. Howie spotted this fan. You remember this? He had mm, holding yeah. up a homemade sign yeah. that said, Howie, you are forgiven at the top of the sign. And then it had A.J. Brown's name underneath it. And then it had other like bust receiver, like Nelson Aguilar yeah. and Jalen Rager and somebody like their names were crossed out. So he's saying like, you're forgiven. Um, how he walks over to this fan points a finger at him and says to him in the most Philly way possible. He says, I'm fucking forgiven for your first fucking Super Bowl. Fuck you. <laughs> and the fan was like, yeah, like it's so Philly. You know, I think he even took a, he even took a selfie with him, like with the sign. Like that's just, like yeah. it doesn't get more Philly than that. It's so cool. Um, now, remember that we are only two years removed from the steep and dramatic decline of Carson Wentz, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In in twenty in twenty twenty, the Eagles finished four, eleven, and one. But since then. Mm-hmm. Howie fucking Roseman has been on a roll for the ages, building one of the best rosters the NFL has seen in quite some time. Um, the road back to the top clearly starts with taking Jalen Hurts in the 2020 draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, as I think you mentioned this last week, this was before everything went completely tits up with Carson Wentz, right? Um, at the end of the 2020 season, Wentz gets shipped off to the Colts, for draft picks uh, and Doug Peterson gets fired for trying to lose that last game of the season by benching Jalen hurts. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Um, another interesting Howie Roseman pick uh, was Jordan Mylotta, a six foot eight, 348 pound rugby player who had never played organized football picked in the seventh round. Wow. And they quickly found out that this dude was an absolute beast and is now one of the best left tackles in the game. Wow. Um, Howie also appears to have a real knack for spotting overlooked and underappreciated talent. Case in point, linebacker TJ Edwards. This dude went undrafted in 2019. Most teams tagged him as too small and too slow to play in the NFL, but the Eagles picked him up for basically nothing. And over the next three years, he went from being a monster on special teams to a starting linebacker and eventually the captain of the defense calling the signals. Wow. Um, That's what it comes down to, man, scouting. Absolutely. So I'm not here for this. All this bullshit about Jerry Jones trying to accuse the Eagles of like buying their way to the Super Bowl. It's like the guy's a fucking – dude's such a tool. He has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, he also, Howie, picks up free agents who who maybe were struggling elsewhere. Uh, you know, look no further than the heat-seeking missile built to destroy all quarterbacks, also known <laughs> as Hassan Reddick. Yep. Uh, this man has 16 sacks on the year uh, and definitely should have been, at the very least, nominated for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Eagles are the first team in NFL history with six or more sacks, in uh with six or more sacks in four straight games damn that they also had year. a they also had tomato can resume i mean uh, a schedule correct 
Um, we can't forget that, man. They've been playing you don't get, post. True, but you still have to play the games. You don't exactly. get to pick your schedule. Yeah. They have 68 sacks on the year. Uh, the Eagles were tied for fourth most in history. Uh, the Eagles finished second to last in sacks last year with 29. Wow. Ahead of only the Falcons, who had 18. Let's go, Falcons! Woo! <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good improvement. You go from one year to the next, from 29 to 68 sacks. That's that's Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. That's, lit- that's literally the largest improvement in NFL history, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, first team in NFL history with four players uh, producing 10 or more sacks. Damn. Hassan Reddick has 16. Josh Sweat has 11. Javon Hargrave has 11. Brandon Graham has 11. Throw in Fletcher Cox, who had seven sacks this year. Plus... You have the young, gifted, and black duo, my man, former Bulldogs, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. This team is healthy. They're young. They're rocking. Yeah. They know how to put the quarterback on his ass. Um, How his next stroke of genius uh, that put everyone on their asses was picking up wide receiver A.J. Brown in a trade mm-hmm. with the Titans during the 2022 draft. Well, it didn't put everybody on their ass. It certainly got uh, Mike um, – Mike Vrabel got out of it. You see that? Yeah. You ever see that video? The moment he realized that he had been tra- he he's, he jumps up out of his chair. He looks like he wants to punch the wall. Uh, and the only thing they had to give up was their 18th pick and their 101st pick in the draft. This was wow. a trade that was so bad from the Titans' perspective that it likely got GM John Robinson fired this year. Um, well. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one? Hiring Sirianni to be their head coach back in 2021. Yeah, seemed, nobody thought we thought seemed, it was a weird idea. It seemed like a mistake at the time. Yeah. Um, you and I have made many a joke about uh, at this man's expense, mm-hmm. uh, but in a very short period of time, he has this team firing on all cylinders. I mean, to yeah. come in after Doug Peterson and be this good, this quick, Sirianni was the offensive coordinator for the Colts when he got the Eagles job. His success was far from a given or, right. or even expected. Um, one of the final strokes was picking up CJ Gardner Johnson from the saints, which turned out to be another baller move. The Eagles had one of the best secondary units in football this year. And even Mm -hmm. though CJ only played 12 games this year, um, due to a lacerated kidney dude still tied the league in most interceptions slotted in between James Bradbury and Darius Slay. I mean, there just was no safe place for a quarterback to throw the ball when you played the Eagles this year. Hmm. Um, so that is, um, more or less how he built the NFC championship team. And then, and then that that's, and that's leaving out the core four, the four guys who were there, uh, when they won their last Super Bowl, who, who were also picked up in the draft, um, Jason Kelsey and, Mm -hmm. um, the other names are escaping me at the moment because I have Kelsey brother bowl on my brain right now. Um, <laughs> but those guys are still there. They've still got four dudes who, who, who have super bowl championship experience, um, who, who were draft picks. I think they got picked in four successive drafts. So it's like how he's out here crushing the draft. Yeah, yeah. He's made a couple of dumb wide receiver moves, but for the most part, he's, he's built the team, man. The draft is still a hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I listened to a, a a Mike Tomlin interview, man. It was amazing hearing him talking about uh, uh, when, like, trying to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like welcoming discomfort. 
it was mm. so cool and like people using um excuses like i don't have the star players mm. and he's like so your excuse is you're not a good coach <laughs> right he's like the star players are the star players but then the people who aren't star players if you're good at your job you're gonna get them to the max that they can be right exactly uh, and uh it's a makes me think about coaching in that way and nick sirianni obviously is uh maximizing what he's getting from his gm mm-hmm. yeah we we saw it in carolina this year too when that yeah. rule was fired and and steve wilkes took over and suddenly you know they were competing for for the division. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's a, a huge difference. A, an actual uh, a good coach makes. What about the Chiefs? Is anybody saying that they're buying championships? Mm, well, we'll get to how they're built in a minute. They they have a pretty fascinating story too. But let's start with the history. Uh, Nineteen fifty nine. At the age of twenty six years old, Lamar Hunt, owner of the Dallas Texans at the time. Uh, was fed up with being stiff-armed by the NFL in his attempt to own an NFL franchise. He, I think it was at the same time that that, that the NFL was introducing the Dallas Cowboys as an expansion team, so they didn't want Lamar Hunt to have anything. They didn't want him. Um, He was so fed up, in fact, that he and a group of other frustrated millionaires decided to launch their own league that they would call the American Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh, also known as the AFL. As the president of the AFL, Hunt would keep his team in Dallas, uh, competing in the AFL against teams like the Boston Patriots, (laughs) the Buffalo Bills, Denver Broncos, Houston Oilers, now the Tennessee Titans, of course, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers before they moved to San Diego, and then back to Los Angeles. (laughs) Uh, The New York Titans, later to be known as the Jets uh, and the Oakland Raiders. Um, Hunt moved the team to Kansas City in 1963 and renamed it the Chiefs, not because Hunt was fascinated with the appropriation of Native American culture. Uh, Rather, the team is supposedly named after the mayor of Kansas City, Harold Rowe Bartle, whose nickname was The Chief, due to the fact that he had a tendency to dress up like a Native American chief when attending <laughs> events for Boy Scouts of America, an organization he helped to create in 1925. Just now, when you thought it wasn't going to be problematic at all. <laughs> so Lamar Hunt's not racist. It's the mayor of Kansas City who's the a chief. racist. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm seeing a lot of pushback at the moment, obviously, again, for people calling out the chiefs it, it for the very least this tomahawk chop thing yeah. uh but whatever we'll see what yeah, that goes like, whatever um yeah. they chiefs won a handful of afl titles uh and after the nfl afl merger they played in but lost the very first super bowl ever super bowl numero uno losing 35 to 10 to the packers um the Chiefs would go on to win Super Bowl IV in 1969 in convincing fashion, 23-7 to against the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Um, Lamar Hunt himself is credited for the title game being called the Super Bowl. We oh, talked wow. about this last year. Yeah. The NFL tried a number of different branding options for the championship game, including, now tell me what you think of these, the AFL-NFL World Championship game. <laughs> okay 
brilliant okay. marketing. Yeah. It's a little long. It's yeah, a little on the nose. A yeah, <laughs> little on the nose. Uh, another uh, uh, t- title that came up for the for the championship game. The big one. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you gonna be playing in the big one? I, it sounds like a nickname for a man's penis. Don't you think? <laughs> Come on, girl. Let me let me, let me pull out the big one. Another discarded title was the Pro Bowl. Oh no! That's, which, oh my which, god! Which they obviously found a use for it later. And finally, uh, their big idea was to call the title game the World Series of Football. Oh no! Oh, it's so corny. Which, They're going to call it the, the big competition between the best two football teams. <laughs> Which is like the AFL, NFL. Yeah. Right? Wow. I think that, that one is like has to be the World Series of worst ideas the NFL has ever had. Yeah. Super Bowl is good. So Hunt started calling it the Super Bowl because apparently one of the more popular toys at the time were these little suit, these vulcanized rubber Super Bowls, the ones that bounce like crazy. Mm-hmm. And his kids were playing with him all the time and he had that he just and he was also kind of bar the, the idea of calling it a bowl in the first place was really mm-hmm. more borrowed from from the college football tradition mm-hmm. um anyway the the nfl i think the nfl the first three or four super bowls were actually called the afl nfl world championship game um and i think it was somewhere later that it if like he started hunt started calling it the super bowl and the press liked it it was catchier it was easier to write mm-hmm. um and so it was one of those ideas that just kind of caught on without the NFL really wanting it to. And they actually had to go back and retroactively name the first three or four Super Bowls Super Bowl. Super Bowl one, yeah. Yeah. It was probably because there was a podcast going on back then that yeah, the NFL exactly. listened to before they started <laughs> yeah. listening to us. Started stealing that shit. <laughs> um, so despite being perennial playoff contenders throughout the 80s and 90s, they would not win another Lombardi trophy until Andy Reid came along. Uh, and more specifically, Mr. Magic Man himself, the one and only Patrick Mahomes, ending what was once the longest Super Bowl championship drought in NFL history of 50 years between titles. Damn. An unfortunate honor that has now been passed on to the New York Jets who oh. have not won a Super Bowl since 1968. So that's 55 Oof. years ago. They beat us by four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Five years. Um, one notable record belongs to Chiefs all-pro defensive player Derek Thomas who holds the single-game sack record sacking the Seahawks QB Dave Krieg seven times in one game in 1990. Sadly, despite all those sacks, the Chiefs still lost to the Seahawks 17-16. to how much does that suck? <laughs> you go out there and get seven sacks. You got to walk off the field with the L. It's like, man. <laughs> Could y'all do something? Help a brother out. Uh, and last but not least, I can't talk about Chiefs history without mentioning one former player who has one of the coolest nicknames in the history of all sports. I'm talking about running back Christian Okoye, Okoye. a.k.a. the Nigerian Nightmare. Yeah, man. My dad put me on to him when I was a kid. I had his I card mean, and everything. What a name. And did that dude have some shoulder pads or what? Man. Yeah, he's like a, <laughs> he looked like a tank. <laughs> if you have not seen Christian Okoye, Google Christian Okoye highlights. The dude is a massive human. Uh, I wonder if I he's, he's still alive. I think he is actually. I saw a uh, one of those a football life 
they, they did a football life on him on NFL network. Uh, it was a pretty cool story. He started out as a track star. He was wanting Damn. to compete in the Olympics. He came to America to train, to make it to the Olympics. Um, but then he started playing football and running dudes over. Um, Damn. Yeah. He was out there doing angry runs before they even called it angry runs. <laughs> um, so on to how the chiefs were built on paper. The Chiefs appear like a very top-heavy team. Obviously, you have Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. in year two of a 10-year, $450 million contract. They got Travis Kelsey, future Hall of Famer. Uh, you got the pass-rushing duo of Chris Jones and Frank Clark, who are getting paid very well to sack motherfuckers directly into Middle Earth. Uh, offensive lineman Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown Jr. were also high-priced additions that the team brought in to protect Mahomes. Those six players alone combined for 53% of the Chiefs salary cap. Wow. Compare the Chiefs to the Eagles, whose top 25 players combined for 53% of their salary cap. Wow. And now you have a pretty interesting challenge mm -hmm. of building out the rest of your roster. Um, and essentially the Chiefs have done that successfully by crusting the living shit out of the draft these last few years. <laughs> okay. Kansas city has made 22 selections over the past three NFL drafts. Mm -hmm. And given how badass they are in the regular season, the chiefs have never had a selection of like, um, like above the uh, 21st overall pick. Wow. Right? They're always picking pretty late. Yeah. Uh, they had no first rounder in 2021, and they picked 32nd in 2020, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> yet, general manager uh, Brett Veach and his staff have been on an absolute fucking heater. Okay? 17 of those 22 selections were playing in the AFC title game. Wow. Including 10 of whom played at least half of the snaps. Damn. And they came from they came from all over the draft, from first to late rounds. Okay? The list of dudes who showed up and showed out in that AFC title game to get them to the Super Bowl, Isaiah Pacheco, 201st overall out of Rutgers. Okay? 85 wow. yards combined in the AFC title game in a game that where yards were pretty tough to come by. Yeah. Uh, defensive end George Karlaftis, the 30th pick in the draft from Purdue. He had a sack in that game. Uh, first round cornerback Trent McDuffie from Washington had two pass deflections and six tackles while taking 98% of the snaps. Wow. You got cornerbacks, uh, cornerback Joshua Williams, the 131st selection from Fayetteville State. Damn, had his had his uh, um, had his own pick by snagging a brilliant tip. Yeah, uh, by fellow first year defensive back uh, Brian Cook, a second rounder from Cincinnati. Um, and then of course you've got my man, former Wendy's employee, a man who knows that a frosty is far more important than just being a thick ass milkshake from Augusta, Georgia. Cornerback Jalen Watson, who went two hundred and forty third out of Washington State, had an wow. interception for two consecutive playoff games. It's coaching, man. And then you got these rookies uh, from last year: Nick uh, Nick Bolton, Creed Humphreys, Trey Smith. All of them played nearly every defensive snap. And balled the fuck out. 
Wow, that's impressive. They there's been a lot of interesting um, <clears throat> articles about how the Chiefs have just have just mastered the middle of the draft over the last three years. And um, despite the fact that obviously they have these five or six players that eat up over half of their cap space, this goes to show you what a competent GM and mm-hmm. his staff and his scouting crew and all these people mm-hmm. like this is what makes great football teams and the synergy mm-hmm. between the scouting and the coaching and mind you they lost this year like literally the best wide receiver in in Kansas City Chiefs franchise history in Tyreek yeah. Hill um and easily probably a future hall of famer one of the best receivers we've seen in 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 over a decade Everybody, myself included, um, thought that the Chiefs would probably not win their division this year. Uh, um, I didn't think. I didn't think that. Let's see. I can prove that I we we, we bet on them, <laughs> but that's a collaboration. No, I still pick. No, I did not. Mm, no, did I did not pick, the pick them to win their division. I picked. Oh, no, I did. I did. I did, actually. Yeah, I picked them to win their division. You got to knock out the champ. There's been some great uh, – one of the great quotes of the year was from Travis Kelsey. He said, man, you look around the division, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, these motherfuckers went out there and spent a billion dollars to beat the Chiefs, and we still here. Ooh. <laughs> you think about all those moves that those teams yeah. made, yep. you know? Khalil Mack going to the Chargers, Devontae Russell Adams. Wilson, Devonta Adams. All that money got spent to beat the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are still on top. Mm. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, pretty impressive. Um, All right, let's get our pick, man, and get on our final. Yeah, uh, our yeah, final the next, uh, pick of the year. The next thing in my notes is flip the goddamn coin already. <laughs> Oh man, whose turn is it, man? That's a good question. I don't remember. Uh, I do not remember. I don't right. remember. Well, I'll... I think you went first last time, but I think I made you go first. Uh, I'll look on the sh- on the sheet here. Um, I think I asked you to go. I think. Yeah. yeah, you flipped last time. It's my oh, so is it my turn to call it? No, I call. It's my turn to call it. It's my oh, turn you call to call it. Okay. Yeah. All right. All I'm going right. to go All Tails. Right. You're going to go. That's what the Tails looks like. This is uh, Tails. Oh, wow. It's the. Uh, I forget what it is. It's a weird Tails. And then, of course, you got the regular. <laughs> hey, George yeah. Washington. George. Mm hmm. Georgia boy. You're going tails. Going tails. All right. Here's the flip. This is the last flip mm. of the 2022 flip them and pick them season. Damn. I will remind everyone that we are tied 50 yes. to 50. 50 to 50 in the playoffs. Skiff won the regular season. This coin mm. means everything right now. It means everything. Actually, I don't know because I honestly don't know who I would pick. I'm I'm I, I'm very split. Yeah. I'm torn. I'm torn. Torn. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, shut up and flip it. You pick tails. Here we go. 
the final coin toss Ooh. of the 2022 flip them and pick them season is heads. Oh, the one to lose <laughs> is this one, man. Are you picking or are you going to defer? Heads. I think I'm going to pick. Mm. If you're going to win, you should win by picking. And yeah. if you're going to lose, you should lose by making the wrong pick. Not picking on the final flip is a little like Nathaniel Hackett trying to kick a 70-yard <laughs> field goal in week one when he has Russell Wilson as his quarterback. Mm. Am I or right? Asking, or asking your uh, you know, game decision guy. <laughs> What are we, what are we like, gonna do? Can, can, can I get a little help over here? <laughs> <laughs> I again, I'm very split. Obviously, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. Um, they're not a hundred percent. That makes me a little nervous. I feel like the Eagles have not played a, a very they have not played a lot of stiff competition this year. Mm. Um, they, I don't think they've ever had to play from behind this year. In in any of the games that no. they've won, they've never had to win from they've behind. They've had to hold off smaller is, leads, but they haven't. Yeah, they haven't had to do much coming back. Um, I think you know what I'm. Um, the one thing that has me leaning in one direction over the other is the Eagles defense. Mm. The Eagles yeah. defense and that fucking heat-seeking missile, Hassan Reddick, yeah. and the rest of those dudes, and the fact that even if Patrick Mahomes is healthy enough to play, I have more faith in the Eagles to be able to do what the Bengals could not, which is to get to Patrick Mahomes. And not that you would intentionally try to injure him, but in the – in the course of trying to sack him into middle earth, you, you, you certainly have a pretty good chance of him perhaps not finishing the game. I would absolutely hate if this Super Bowl turns into basically part two of the NFC championship game where it's like you take a key player and knock him out of the game. Yeah, like I, that would be so fucking boring. It would mar um, their, it will mar their playoffs too, man. It would be the, they, the, the asterisk that everybody's looking for. Yeah, but they wouldn't give two fucks. They no. had a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. It's, it's a ring is a ring. Championship is would be theirs. Um I don't normally do this. Uh I don't usually do the defense wins championship thing. I'm really I'm I'm mm-hmm. like everybody else. I'm a little more excited by offense. Under normal circumstances, I would pick the Kansas City Chiefs, but uh on this particular occasion, I'm gonna pick the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Whoa. Super Bowl. Skip is picking the Eagles. Nice. What would you have picked had you won the coin toss? I'm picking the Chiefs. That's who you would have picked if you won the coin toss? Yeah. <laughs> the Eagles haven't seen an offense like they're going to see in this game. That's true. That does gonna, make me nervous. <laughs> they're going to. And then they've had two weeks. You're giving Andy Reid two weeks to prepare. Right. And uh, and if you'd run through the quarterbacks they faced this season, and even in this playoffs, mm. it's gonna be 
a rude awakening. However, defense does win championships, and uh, if there's a defense that can hang with them, it's going to be this defense. They don't have Tyreek Hill to really blow it open anymore, so mm-hmm. they're going to have to, yeah. To be clear, I, I actually hope the Chiefs win. Um, I just, I don't know. I think it's kind of... Um, it's going to be good. I think we're going to get us a good game. We always want that, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like... Thankfully, the best two teams are in it. Both teams are capable of winning the game. There's, you can you can map it out how an argument for both teams. But I got to go with the MVP, man. I got to go with the better coach. That's what we normally do. We go with better coach, better quarterback. I think, uh, like uh, Bill Clinton says, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think so. he said some other things, too. Like, hey, put this in your mouth. <laughs> I mean, I'm, par- I'm I'm paraphrasing. I'm assuming he said something. Where do like I that. where do I put it? Your dress? Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> do you like cigars? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you just haven't had the right one yet. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> smells all right. That smells all right. <laughs> what a dirty motherfucker! Bite my lip. I bite my lip. That means I'm just giving you a little shout out. That's pretty good. A little shout out, Monica. That's a pretty good Bill Clinton impression there. (laughs) Thanks, man. All right, man. Well, that's it, man. We have our final pick in. We got the road to the Super Bowl via franchise. I love that. Uh, And we got our news in, man. The next time we talk to you, listeners, that are not patron uh, subscribers, because you get to hear some bets, but the. Regular, the average listener is gonna hear us talking about who won this final flip and pick 'em, and who won ultimately. What's the name of the game? The splendidly sexy, salaciously slippery Super Bowl Extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll catch y'all on the other side. Thanks so much. It's been oh, we gotta we gotta hit gotta, that music. Get this, get this music right. Mm-mm. We gotta end it the right way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like your nature, girl. We didn't do sexiest. That would have been great. We're getting the sexiest, but we're. It's been John the Rollins. And give me Sarah. What's fit up? We'll catch y'all on the other side. Of the season. God damn. Peace. Later, y'all. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.